This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Osborne, and I'm covering all things Magic basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? Welcome back to the Six Man Show. You are back with your boy, Jonathan. I'm recording this January 19, 2020. NFC and AFC Championship Sunday and the NFL. So if you guys are watching that, I hope you guys have a good time watching those games today. It's going to be very excited. Me personally, I am rooting for a Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl, but we will see what happens later on today. Uh, you guys will not be hearing this, obviously, until January 20th, 2020. Don't know why I feel the need to tell you guys that every single week. You know what day it is when you're listening to this, um, either in your car or whatever. You might not even be listening to this on the 20th, you might be keeping this in your queue for a few days or whatever the case may be. Like I said, whatever the case may be, hope you guys are having a great day. And let's talk some Orlando Magic basketball. So just really quickly, we are going to keep doing this like a weekly state of the Orlando Magic. Currently this week, uh, the Magic went 2-2 two and two with, road, with road wins against the Sacramento Kings and the L.A. Lakers, yes, the Los Angeles Lakers, but then fell the next night, got smacked by the Los Angeles Clippers on a back-to-back at the Staples Center, uh, and then lost last night in Golden State in San Francisco to the Golden State Warriors. Yes, like I said last night, that is the life of a fan of a 500 team. You're going to beat teams that you shouldn't beat. You're going to lose to teams that you should not lose to, uh, but that is the Orlando Magic. Um the epitome of the Orlando Magic, especially the last uh, two, three years. Um, you know, losing the teams that we should beat, sometimes beating teams that we should lose to. But it is what it is. Right now, the Magic sit at 20 and 23 on the season, just after 43 games, just past the halfway mark now. Uh, the Magic currently sit in the seventh spot in the Eastern Conference. They are seven and a half games back of the sixth seed. Philadelphia 76ers, who have been leapfrogged by the Indiana Pacers. Uh, Victor Oladipo should be back, I think, in the next week and a half. I think they said his return date is like January 29th. So the Pacers are just going to continue to get better. Not really sure what's going on with the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, me, personally, I had some higher expectations for them going into the season. And the Magic are up one game on the Brooklyn Nets. Um the, the Nets have played, it looks like, two less games than the Orlando Magic, so I'm sure the winning percentage will come into play at some point there. Uh, the Magic are up four games, however, on the Detroit Pistons, who currently sit at the ninth spot. So even if the Nets happen to leapfrog the Magic into that seventh seed, the Magic are still, as it is today, securely in the playoff picture. Uh, looking at the rest of the Eastern Conference, the Milwaukee Bucks still sit atop the conference at 38-6. and six. I believe uh, that is a NBA best record there. And looking at the Los Angeles Lakers, who lead the Western Conference at 34-8, and eight, it looks like that is true. And then looking at the two spot, we have the Southeast Division rival, in-state rival Miami Heat sitting at the second seed. If the season were to end today... The Miami Heat is who the Magic would be matched up against in the first round of the playoffs, and I actually like that. Um, I think looking at some of these teams in the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference, I think the, Mi the Miami Heat are a team that the Magic match up with pretty well. Uh, I could easily see that series you know, going six or seven games, but uh, just given um, that loss from last night, which we'll talk more a little bit about um, further on in the podcast here, 
I'm starting to to see a, a trend with the Magic um, the last couple of years, but we'll talk more about that um, after we talk about some of these games. So let's really jump right into these games, guys. Um, it's been a long week for me personally. Had some family in town, but I know it's been a long week for everybody uh, when it goes around. You know the Orlando Magic fan base when we talk about this past week for you know this this long uh, road trip that the Magic are on. Um, I think Clifford said they play like nine games in 15 nights, which is just really crazy. Uh, but they're getting ready. Uh, to. They should be flying back to Charlotte right now. Uh, I believe they're going to take on Charlotte tomorrow night. Um, but, yeah, it's just really been a crazy week for the Orlando Magic uh, as far as this road trip. Orlando Magic fans staying up so late uh, in order to watch some of those games or all of the games admittedly the Clippers game the other night after we had stayed up so late for that Lakers game I just did not have it in me uh, being down basically 20 at halftime just could not find it in me uh, to watch the the rest of that game and I, I fell asleep on the couch in my Markel Fultz jersey um, I, I woke up at I forget what time of night it was but walked into you know my wife and I's room it just fell asleep in, in my Markel jersey so slept the entire night in the jersey um, but that's we have one of these road trips every single year. You just have to deal with it, and uh, you know the boys will be back east soon enough. I think they play at five o'clock tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow being MLK Day, um, so there's a lot of early games on. But Eastern Conference time or Eastern Standard Time. I mean, basically is Eastern Conference time. But whatever. So let's jump right into the games here. We've got four games to cover this week. Uh, so we're just going to kind of briefly touch on each of them, and then we'll kind of have our conversation at the end of the episode here. So what was this? Monday night, the Orlando Magic head into Sacramento to take on the Kings uh, after they had lost the, the game two nights before um, or three nights before, whatever that was. I think the Magic had two days rest before they had to play the Sacramento Kings on Monday. They had lost that previous Friday to the Phoenix Suns. So the Magic were looking to get back in the win column. So this game really was for a better part of the night in the Orlando Magic's favor. They held the advantage for most of the night, but were never really able to separate themselves from the Sacramento Kings on the back of hot shooting from, I called him, what did I call him? Jumanji Believe in Pizza or something like that earlier in the week, just kind of making fun of his name. But his name is Nemanja Bialica. Uh He had a career-high 34 points, 13 of 16 shooting from the field, 8 of 10 from the three-point line. Looking at the play-by-play to the play -play of this game, you see four names come up very, very often. Nemanja Bialica, DeAndre Fox, Buddy Heald, and Marvin Bagley. Those are really the only guys on this team that scored over five points for the Sacramento Kings. But due to the hot shooting of a few of those guys, namely Bielitsa, the Magic were just never really able to create that separation from the Sacramento Kings. Uh, that resulted in a very, very close game heading into the, the, the last few minutes of this game. DeAndre Fox makes a driving layup with about uh, 11 seconds left or 15 seconds left in this game. Um, hits a free throw as well. He was called uh, for an and one on that possession. Go up by one with just about 16 seconds left. The Magic call a timeout. Uh, they decide to run what was supposed to be, I believe, a dribble handoff with Evan Fournier to Nikola Vucevic. Just the defense on that play did not allow them to run the play that they had planned. Evan Fournier drives into the paint, 
looks like he's going to raise up for a shot. Sees Aaron Gordon open near the basket, passes it to him. Aaron Gordon hits a, a basically just a turning, twisting shot. He is also fouled on the possession by um, Corey Joseph. Excuse me, makes the free throw. The Magic go up two at that point, and then um, Harrison Barnes misses a shot, uh, relatively close shot at the buzzer. Orlando Magic take the that win, one fourteen to one twelve. Once again, Nemanja Bialica, thirty four points, career high. Bring that up just because of the fact that we always say that this is just a reoccurring theme with the Orlando Magic that some no name guy will come out of nowhere have his career high against the Orlando Magic. And this, a lot of times, feels like a game that the Magic lose. Nikola Vucevic ended up with 26 points on 9 of 23 shooting. Not a very efficient night from Vuce. 15 rebounds. Evan Fournier, 25 points, 6 of 16 shooting. 1 of 6 from the 3-point line, but made 12 out of his 12 free throw attempts at the line. And then Aaron Gordon was also able to add 19 points, 8 of 16 shooting. One of three from the three-point line. Markel Fultz, 16 points, 7 of 11 from the floor. He's been incredibly efficient lately. We'll talk a little bit more about Markel Fultz in a little bit here. But the Magic literally are able to escape with a victory in Sacramento over the Kings. Then Wednesday night comes around. The Magic got one day of rest as they made the trip from Sacramento down to L.A. as they got ready. I believe this was only the second time in franchise history that the Magic had a back-to-back in L.A., one game against the Lakers, and then one game against the Clippers. I don't even know how that works. Do you just leave your uniform and your clothes and everything in that visitor locker room? You know you're going to be back the next night. I really don't know, but this was only the second time in franchise history that this has happened. So um, some more news. Uh, The Magic did bring up B.J. Johnson, and they signed Gary Clark to a two-way contract in order to bolster up some of that uh, forward depth. And remember those two guys' names because if you did not watch this game uh, on Wednesday night, those guys were uh, just huge pieces uh, in lifting the energy of this team and, and helping to deliver an Orlando Magic win. So we'll start there. The Magic win 119 to 118 over the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, the Magic held two separate 20 point leads in this game. They held a 20 point lead uh, in the second quarter, and then they held a 21 point lead in the third quarter before the Lakers went on their run, uh, cut that lead to one heading into the fourth quarter. And then it was basically a dogfight from that point going forward. Uh, Just looking at some of the box scores, just to give you an idea of how this game went. Aaron Gordon, 21 points. He shot 7 of 12 from the floor. Wes Awundu with the game of his career, 19 points, 5 of 9 from the field, 1 of 1 from the three-point line, 8 of 10 from the charity stripe. Nikola Vucevic, 19 points, just four rebounds in this game. Vuce has really been struggling, I think, just in general lately. Uh, But he'll have like a game where he rebounds the ball really well, but doesn't score as effectively. Scores, you know, relatively effectively, but doesn't rebound the ball. And then he's also had games where he really doesn't do much of anything. Well, he just seems like a guy who is struggling recently. But Markel Fultz, Markel Fultz was the huge story in this game. 21 points. 9 of 19 from the floor, 3 of 3 from the free throw line. A triple-double, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. This, by all accounts, was Markel Fultz's best game of the season, the best game that he has had as a professional in the NBA. Just 
what a night for Markel Fultz. Heading into L.A., you have a very tough opponent who I believe were on a nine-game winning streak. They have the best record in the Western Conference at the time. And you know you have a tough back-to-back coming up. But the Orlando Magic just came out of the gates shooting the ball very well, especially in the first half. Uh, Gary Clark, like I said, B.J. Johnson, they were knocking down shots, coming with great energy in that first half, especially defensively. Gave the team really a great lift in this one. Like I said, the Magic had a huge first-half lead. I think the Lakers were able to cut that to six at one point. And then in that second half, the the Lakers actually took a four-point lead at one point before the Orlando Magic were able to really just just come back. Needed huge buckets down the stretch. They got a huge three from Vucevic late, uh, which was a, a great sight to see just because given the offensive struggle that he had had in this game for most of the night. And then when it came to closing time, there was one more call, not for alcohol, but for Markel Fultz. This kid just... Two huge buckets down the stretch as the Orlando Magic needed it. Gave them a little bit of cushion in the final minutes that they needed to be able to fend off the Los Angeles Lakers and win this game. Um, I cannot stress that enough, how great Markel Fultz played in this game. We've seen flashes now in the last week, week and a half, where he just decides to take games over and, and win these games. Just credit to his development everything that he's been persevering. The internet was on fire Wednesday night talking about Markel Fultz. Um, There were a few talk shows, undisputed, first things first, that didn't really talk much about Markel Fultz. But, um, you know, give it up to Get Up with Mike Greenberg on ESPN. I know they talked about Markel Fultz. And then Jalen and Jacoby on their podcast, they talked a little bit about Markel. Actually, they talked pretty extensively about Markel Fultz for a few minutes there, just the how well he's playing the development that he's had. I think ESPN's um, The Jump also talked about Markel Fultz as well. So, um, you know, we we complain times that um, this team doesn't get enough national recognition and how we feel like this Markel Fultz thing really should be a bigger story. And I I really think it should be even bigger of a story than it has been up to this point. But just, just kudos to Markel for the work that he's put in. He's persevered and he's gotten himself right. He's gotten himself healthy. He's played in every single game but one this year, and that was really just due to a stomach virus. So the kid is healthy. He's the real deal. I got uh, I got a message from one of my buddies who is a Lakers fan. I got a message from him on Thursday congratulating the Magic on the win and, and stating that Markel Fultz is the real deal, and he, and he definitely is. We had um, maybe our... Uh, we were a little bit guarded at the beginning of the season, I think, most Magic fans as far as what to expect from Markel Fultz, but the excitement was definitely there, and this kid is... People are saying that he is not living up to you know what he should have been as the number one overall pick. Had this kid been playing like this his rookie year, people would have said he's living up to the hype. Yes, he's a rookie. Um, at, at that time, he would have been a true rookie, but just given some of the performances that he's had, closing games down the stretch, I mean, we've been talking for this entire season that we're basically looking at this year like it's Markel Fultz's rookie year. So I don't know why people don't think that this kid is, you know, not going to be able to match the potential that he had coming out of college as the number one overall pick. I don't agree with that. Just given the trajectory that he's on, he's finally playing. He's healthy. He's playing consistently, and he is showing flashes of what made him the number one overall pick in 2017. So everybody just buckle your your seatbelts. Stay patient with this kid, yes, um, but don't be surprised 
if sometime later this year or at the beginning of next year that this kid um, starts to play at an all-star level because it, it's there. The potential is there with Markel Fultz. It, to me, in my opinion, it's really just a matter of when. I don't know if he's ever going to get the shot figured out, but he's hitting the mid-range shots at a high enough percentage, keeping defenses somewhat honest. The way that he's able to change direction, this herky-jerky style that he has to his game with the ball in his hands, um, I, I just think that this kid has the potential to be an all-star, especially if his play starts to translate a little bit more into team success. So enough about the Lakers game, enough about Markel Fultz for now. Like we said, the very next night, the Magic were in L.A. to play the Los Angeles Clippers, who were without Paul George. Obviously, everyone knows the Orlando Magic have had so much you know, injury. Um, I guess unluck would be the term for that. Uh, but we got a little bit lucky, we thought, going into this game that the Magic, or we're going to have to face the L.A. Clippers without Paul George. But I hate to do this. I feel like whenever we have these blowout games, I, I really don't want to spend too much time talking about them. I don't think you can really take that much away from these blowout losses, but especially in this case where the Magic have been uh, so banged up. They're playing a back-to-back on a road trip um, against two of the better teams in the Western Conference right now. And then you know, the Magic just simply did not have it. They didn't have it defensively. They did not have it offensively. They didn't have the energy. They didn't have the effort. And this game, I think after the first few minutes of the second quarter, the Magic never saw anything less than a double-digit deficit for this entire game. Uh, Kawhi Leonard dropped 32 points. Um, Montrell's Harrell added 21 points. We've got guys like, uh, you know, Patrick Patterson adding 10 points. Lou Williams only with 11 points. Magic kind of dodged a bullet there. Landry Shamet 13 points. Patrick Beverly, 10 points. But when we look at the Orlando Magic, we've got you know Aaron Gordon with 20 points. Nikola Vucevic, 22 points. But then, you know, Ken Burch just, at this point, just, I just, he's not a good basketball player. He struggles with, with matchups. I mean, you're in the NBA, obviously you're a good basketball player. Let me kind of retract that for a second. But I just don't think that this guy is a full-time rotation guy. Um, just doesn't give you anything offensively. Even, you know, when he was playing, uh, you know, in, the, you know, Nikola Vucevic's absence, I just have not seen enough of this guy. Um, I believe he's only on a one-year deal. I'm I'm just not sold on, on Ken Burch at this point. He's been given his opportunity being injected into the starting lineup. Granted, it's not at his natural position. It's at uh, power forward, but he's really struggled to to guard, you know, starting power forwards, especially on the perimeter. Uh, hasn't been rebounding the ball well. Gives you almost nothing offensively if it's not a wide open dunk or a lob at the rim. Um, I don't want to you know, spend too much time on Ken Birch, but he has been really disappointing in my opinion in these last, you know, few weeks that he's been asked to start. But um, this game, it, it, like Steve Clifford says all the time, if your best players don't play well enough, um, you, you're not going to win games. Aaron Gordon wasn't nearly as good as maybe he could have been defensively in this game. He did average, you know, add 22 points on eight of 11 shooting. So fairly efficient night. Uh, shooting the ball, but um, just looking at the bench, you know, we've got Terrence Ross who added 16 points, but Mo Bamba, one point, Wessel Wundu, eight points, uh, Emil Jefferson, only in five minutes, but two points, Gary Clark in 17 minutes, zero points. The Magic just got smacked. Sometimes you have it, sometimes you don't have it. I'm not going to act, like I said, I wasn't able to watch this entire game. I'm glad that I didn't, but my body just said, hey, enough is enough. They shut the lights off in my brain. I was dead asleep. 
maybe it's uh, a, a good thing that I was. But the Magic just got smacked in L.A. second night of a back-to-back against a great team. Uh, they lost 122-95, to just did not have the effort that they needed, the energy that they needed in this game to make them competitive um, in any facet. I think the Magic played pretty strongly the first few minutes, but once Kawhi Leonard started hitting shots, uh, this game just got out of hand and got out of hand pretty quickly, and the Magic were just not able to muster up one of those runs that we've seen them go on so many times this year where they go down, they realize they're about to lose the game, they, they go on a run to make the game pretty close. I think in the second half, um, the closest that this game got was like 16 points, um, and maybe it shouldn't have even been that close, but uh, yeah, after this game, I don't think there's too much that you can take from it. You just kind of, you know, take it. You don't want to get too low after this game. You just try to move on, and then, you know, the Magic move on Friday against the Golden State Warriors, and they got off to a really a, a great start in that game, started off the game. I believe it was 13-0 uh, before you know the the Warriors started to show any kind of resistance whatsoever. So talking about Nemanja Bialica earlier in the week, a guy that had his you know career high against the Orlando Magic. Uh, just looking at this game as well, the Orlando Magic as they take on the Golden State Warriors just really could not hold off Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole, I think they said this guy is shooting something like 26 percent uh, on the year from the three point line, shooting like below 40 percent from the floor in general, but he shot 8 of 19 from the floor, 4 of 10 uh, from the three-point line, really gave the Warriors a huge boost off of the bench um, when they faced that big deficit earlier, kind of helped them close the gap. He started off really, really hot. D'Angelo Russell uh, did what D'Angelo Russell does, 26 points, 9 of 21 from the floor, 4 of 12 from the three-point line. Not an incredibly efficient night, but um, for the better part of the night, the Magic just got outplayed, got out-hustled, uh, out-efforted, if you will. Steve Clifford, after the game, directly criticized uh, the effort of this team and effort of some of the best players looking at the box score here. Uh, Markel Fultz with 23 points, 10 of 14 from the floor, 3 of 4 from the free throw line. In my opinion, he was the only uh, Orlando Magic player that really played well in this game. Looking at Aaron Gordon, 11 points. 4 of 10 from the floor, 1 of 4 from the three-point line. Uh, Kem Birch, 6 points, 2 of 2 from the floor, 2 of 2 from the free throw line in 16 minutes. Nikola Vucevic, though, 13 points, 13 rebounds, 6 of 19 from the floor. I think uh, when he was covered by Willie Cauley-Stein, he, he shot something crazy like 1 of 11 for the game. That's just not going to get it done. Um, Nikola Vucevic is a guy that uh, being the all-star of this team, being the guy that is supposed to be the best player of the of the Magic, um, I was really disappointed with him in this game. Just uh, was, was getting hounded by Willie Cauley-Stein, um, but also Amari Spellman in a few of the minutes that he was guarded by Spellman just could not um, – just could not get past those guys, get to the basket to get good looks. Just lacked effort. And, and what I, you know, to me, I just want to see him have a little bit more pride um, in his play and in the uh, result of this game. So I was just really disappointed with Nikola Vucevic. Um, I've spent a lot of time defending Vuce, I think for good reason. I still think he is the best player on this team. Um, but this year, he just has not been as consistent as he was last year. And that, y you cannot defend that. Um, 
Speaking of not being able to defend certain things, Nikola Vucevic has just looked lost lately on defense as well. There's been a lot of times where he just has not been able to keep guys in front of him. Um, has you know the the drop coverage that all of us have been talking about, especially when it comes to the pick and rolls. That just seems like it's a thing that Steve Clifford believes in as a defensive principle, but it has killed us over and over and over again this year. Um, but yeah, Nikola Vucevic was really disappointing. Evan Fournier was also a little bit disappointing in this game, uh, but he is not feeling very well uh, from you know reports before the game. He's also dealing with some kind of quad contusion. I guess he took a, a knee to the quad um, in the, the Monday's game against the Sacramento Kings. So, uh, you know, I don't want to give him a pass, but um, I'm not as disappointed in his play from this game, just given to, you know, the status of his health. But then looking at Terrence Ross, 10 points, shot just two of three from the three-point line. That's really not going to get it done. I, I don't know what happened in this game, but um, the Magic let a, a – uh, lesser opponent beat them. I mean, just looking at the, the only guy on this roster that really resembles a good NBA player is going to be D'Angelo Russell. Just going, I mean, Eric Pascal, he's, you know, a rookie, seems pretty, you know, look like looks like he's going to be a promising player, but we have this rookie, Willie Cauley-Stein, who um, really hasn't lived up to some of the hype that he had coming out of Kentucky, but then we got a guy, you know, Alec Burks, who's been, you know, a, a pretty small role player for most of his career, Damian Lee, uh, who has been a G-leaguer for most of his career before signing. I think he signed a three-year deal with the Golden State Warriors. Um, Marquise Chris, a guy that has really struggled to find um, – um, a, a good situation in the NBA, Omari Spellman, who um, I believe might be a rookie. I, I don't know too much about Omari Spellman, but um, Bowman, Jordan Poole, who is an, once again another rookie. So uh, just, yeah, really just a disappointing loss for the Orlando Magic. Had they won this game, they have the opportunity to go 4-2 and two on this road trip. Now they need a win against Charlotte tomorrow. Who, that's not going to be an easy win. The Magic are coming off of this West Coast road trip. Um, you know, Parts of the season, the Hornets have played a little bit better than some people expected. Some people thought Charlotte was going to be the worst team in the league this year. Uh, but yeah, they have not been great, but uh, that might not be an easy game to win. If the Magic lose that game, then they went 2-4 and four on a six-game road trip, and that's just not acceptable. So Magic really lost a huge opportunity in this game as the Magic lose 109-95 to to the Golden State Warriors. Just incredibly, you thought the Magic were going to come back, you know, in that third and fourth quarter as they started to make things close, but um, the Magic just really, I mean, they closed the gap in this game and then they go on a, a stretch of, of a, I think it was four minutes or so where they couldn't get a bucket and then the Golden State Warriors really just used that. Um, you know, D'Angelo Russell hit a few huge shots late, a few big threes late. Um, that kind of made this game seem like it was uh, maybe not as close as it really was. But, you know, it is what it is. The Magic really needed to take care of business. Golden State Warriors have been the worst team in the entire league this year. You know, they're sitting at 10-34 and 34 on the season now. Just really frustrating, really just, you know, unacceptable, inexcusable, whatever negative adjective you want to throw in there, you know, for this loss. After the game, um, you know, Clifford directly – you know, challenged and criticized the effort of this team on this game. He was extremely upset in the press conference, said what he had to say, and then just kind of said, all right, and walked off, right? So, um, yeah, the Magic, you know, they go, you know, two and two in games this week. Won the first two games of the week, lost the last two games of the week. Just 
Um, this had an opportunity and, you know, players have kind of echoed this, that this had an opportunity to be a great road trip. And now it has a, a you know, opportunity to be a, an okay or a good road trip for the Orlando Magic. But uh, definitely, I think, have to win tomorrow against Charlotte. So, but once again, Magic fall 109 to 95 to the Golden State Warriors. So this kind of brings me to, um, I've been trying to do this lately where after we have our, our recap of the games from the week, I, I try to have like a, a weekly conversation piece and this week, it's kind of, um, I, I it doesn't feel like necessarily the team is at a immediate impasse, but um, it definitely feels like it's at an inevitable impasse, right? I think most of us understand that. Um, just looking at the makeup of this team with, you know, Nikola Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier, guys that have been, you know, such a big part of this team. And honestly, a big part of losing, um, you know, for the last, you know, five, six years in Aaron's case, you know, the last six, seven years in the case of Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier, this team has done a lot of losing over the last seven years, and it's no secret. Now, the blame is definitely, certainly not on, you know, Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier, and Aaron Gordon. Um, you know, it's not all of their fault, obviously, but... Um, Obviously, they, they also did contribute to some of those losing years, some of those losing seasons. Yes, they have equally, the last two years, been a part of um, you know some more of the winning that we've been doing. Last year, we went 42-40, and 40, so I, I can't really say that it's been um, huge or, or, a, or a ton of winning. Uh, I think two games over 500, you know, that was definitely an accomplishment for this team from, you know, where they were the year before. I think they had won 27 games. Um, but right now, as we sit three games under 500, this team is really, um, I mean, you know, you, you look at the record from the last two years, from the last two years, right now we would, at this point in the season, we would be what, um, like 62 and 63. So over the last, you know, year and a half, this team has done more losing then they have winning, and that's that's just the facts, right? So, just looking at the, you know, those three guys who have been part of this team for such a long time, um, you know, they have really been the 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 constants these last few years, um, and I I think that um, really what I'm trying to say is is when we look at at last year, you know, this team was you know 10 or 11 games under 500 before they went on that huge run. Um, you know, Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic, you know, Evan Fournier said that, you know, Vuce and I know that if this year doesn't, you know, end well, we're most likely gone, right? So those guys knew that as far as their season um, and really their standing with the team and their staying with the team, um, their backs were up against the wall, Right. So at that point, you know, Vucevic says, you know, for the rest of the year, every single game for us is a game seven. He said that, I think, in either December or January of last year. Then this team goes on a huge run, right? And we even saw it during that run where sometimes the Magic wouldn't be playing particularly well um, until their backs were up against the wall. You know, they were down um, big in the second half last year against Memphis before they come back and, and win that game. Um, they were big. Uh, they were down big in Miami last year in the first half. 
uh, that game where they had the the Chris Bosh retirement uh, jersey retirement ceremony before the Magic, you know, have a great second half and win that game. The Magic were down big in the first half against the Celtics last year. The game where they eventually clinched their first playoff berth in seven years before they came back and won that game. Um, and it's just something that is just a continued theme for this team that. You know, we've even seen it in games this year, even games that the Magic have lost, where they're down big, and then the third, fourth quarter rolls around the Magic set. You know, they all of a sudden have that sense of urgency where they need to come back and and play well and, and make these games close or potentially win these games. And that's really my point for this week is that for so long we've just seen this team not play well and not respond until their backs are against the wall, and it's incredibly frustrating. And I don't know if that's ever going to change until. Uh, there's a major change made with this roster. So looking at Vooch, looking at Evan Fournier, looking at Aaron Gordon, I don't know whose fault it is, but you know we have guys, young guys, Markel Fultz, Mo Bamba, uh, Jonathan Isaac, you know who is missing a lot of time, um, and and I just don't want to see um, you know this play out over the next five, six, seven years with some of these younger guys, and eventually you know. I think Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic, either the team is going to move on from them or they're going to move on from the team. I don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Gordon. We thought Aaron Gordon was going to be on this all-star trajectory this season. You know, As of late, he started to put some of these games together and has been playing a little bit better. So I'm still holding on to some of the hope that Aaron Gordon can turn around, but, but time is running out, right? The trade deadline is approaching in just uh, about three weeks here. We don't know what's going to happen with Evan Fournier. There's been some speculation about trade talk with Aaron Gordon. I don't think that Aaron Gordon is going to get moved, but when it comes to Evan Fournier, I just really don't know. I think if you're the front office, if you are going to bring Evan Fournier back after this year, if you and Evan and his agents have had preliminary talks, then maybe you hold on to him, you keep him for the rest of the season, and you see what happens. But if you are set on not bringing Evan Fournier back after this year, I don't think moving on uh, from Evan, uh, just given how bad the East has been at this point, is really going to um, affect our chances of making the playoffs. Now, if we end up at the eighth seed with Milwaukee, Evan Fournier or no Evan Fournier, the team is most likely going to get swept. Everything that we've seen so far to start this year, you know, not having Jonathan Isaac, not having Al Farouk Aminu, um, you know, that they're probably not the last injuries that are, are going to happen. You know, now we're missing DJ Augustine for a few weeks. Just given what we've seen to start this year, if we play Milwaukee, and I, I'm sorry for anybody that doesn't like what I'm about to say or maybe doesn't agree with it, we're probably going to get swept by Milwaukee, right? That's why I would much rather have that seventh seed and play the Miami Heat, who I think we match up with much better, obviously, than the Milwaukee Bucks. But I think if you move on from Evan Fournier, if you end up that eighth seed and you still make the playoffs, Evan or no Evan, you're still getting swept to the Mil- you know from the Milwaukee Bucks. So, I I don't know uh, what the correct decision is for this team, but I am you know in the the party that thinks that something has got to change, right? This team, you know, we know that they're capable of of flipping this switch, right? Of you know. When they're really desperate, when their backs are up against the wall, they're able to take it up to another level. Sure, we haven't seen that in huge stretches this year, but we've seen that you know from from game to game to game, uh, where they're 
they'll be down big and then they, you know, make a run to either make it a close game or, you know, to take the lead and then win the game late. But the thing with me is, do we want to continue to do this every single year? Do we want to, you know, commit to a team that they're just going to go 500 every single year? The reason that I was all for running this team back is because going on a 22 to 9 stretch to end the year, I thought, okay, if we can replicate that at all and play a little bit more consistently, this team can win, you know, 47 to 50 games next year, meaning this year, and that would have been huge. But this team is just showing us time and time again that maybe they're not capable of, for whatever reason, of playing to a high level and playing consistently, you know, for, you know, 65% of a season or 75% of a season. Uh, or maybe even an entire season, you know? Do we want to just continue to do this year in and year out where the first, you know, three and a half, four months of a season, we're just going to kind of drag our feet and then we realize that it's put up or shut up time. Our backs are against the wall. Now we're going to play really, really well, sneak into the playoffs and then lose in the first round. Do we want to do that every single year? I don't think that we do. Uh, And I think at this point, I, I would say... 70% of me has seen enough, you know, 30% of me is holding on to this hope that this team is really going to figure it out. And then, uh, they'll, they'll just be fine moving forward, you know, kind of in like perpetuity. But 70% of me is like, there's something about this team that, um, they just don't have that in them. They don't have that ability to come out every single night and take care of business, uh, to be a perennial playoff team and a team that's going to be able to grow and improve and move forward. And I don't know what it is, um, but I feel like it's some kind of combination of uh, Vucevic, Fournier, and Aaron Gordon at this point. And it saddens me to say that, um, but, you know, it is what it is. A lot of times, you know, Steve Clifford, um, you know, talks about our best players, you know, didn't play well enough. And looking at our best players, we're looking at Vucevic, we're looking at Fournier, we're looking at Aaron Gordon with Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac, you know, coming up on those guys pretty quickly but yeah so those are my thoughts I'd love to hear your guys thoughts on um, just the big picture of this team moving forward you know how you guys feel about you know kind of the the sentiments that I've shared today um, and and so on and so forth but that's really all that I have this week for you guys Um, as always if you guys have any questions that you would like to hear answered on the podcast always feel free to, to drop me a line drop me a question I'll answer it live on the podcast here Uh, if you have not please leave us a rating and review on itunes why do i keep saying we it's really just me at this point i keep forgetting that but leave me a rating and a review on itunes or however you listen to your podcast would be very much appreciated but until next time guys this has been the six man show with your boy jonathan and i will catch you guys next time peace thanks for listening to the six man show Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!